Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. I strongly support and value the uniqueness of all individuals and provide a safe community where diversity is embraced. Through my mentorship and signature program called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information and to get on the wait list for any of my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Karen Fabian. I am your host. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am recording this episode on Friday, July 8th, 2022, at least the intro. Earlier this week, I had an opportunity to interview my guest for today's show, and I'm going to tell you all about her in a moment. Uh, First thing is you're going to listen to this sometime after or on the 11th of July, 2022. That's when this episode will post. And that is also a week when I am uh, hosting another one of my workshops in my summer workshop series. So if you missed last month's uh, workshop on the anatomy of the hip, Not only will you be able to watch the replay of that one when you sign up for the summer workshop series, you'll also get an opportunity to be part of this week's uh, monthly uh, installment in the summer workshop series, which is going to be Thursday, July 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern, all about the anatomy of the shoulder. And then in August, I'll be doing an installment, a workshop on the anatomy of the spine. So these three workshops this summer are all part of a new opportunity I'm giving you to not only take a deeper dive than what I've offered in the past in just my general open free workshops, but not only get that deeper dive into anatomy, different parts of the body, also have an opportunity to get immediate access to the course part of my anatomy program. And so to sign up, to find out more about this opportunity, all you need to do is go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, right on the events page, you will see the link to register for the summer workshop series. I'll tell you right now, it's just $59.99 a month. You get access to all the monthly workshops, which will happen every single month, not just during the summer. You will always have access to the replay, you will, uh, to the replays of any of the workshops. You will also have, as I said, immediate access to the course part of the Blueprint Learning Program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program, because I don't want you just to do a drop-in 
to these workshops without having access to the full picture of fundamental anatomy information. So you can really truly learn that. And then these deeper dives we take during these workshops will be a chance to reinforce what you're learning in the course and to um, take a deeper dive into that particular part of the body. The other thing I wanna say is that in these workshops, I'm not going to just share the anatomy. I'm also going to be giving you actionable skills and techniques you can use in teaching. So specifically focusing on uh, cueing and sequence building. So that's one of my pet peeves when you go to a workshop and you get a whole brain dump of info, but you don't have a way to use it. This will not be that. This will be a chance to get the info, to learn, and then to learn how to apply it through cueing and sequencing. And those are the two main things we're doing as teachers. We're providing cues in the context of a sequence. So super important that I give you that info. So again, to sign up for this workshop, you just go to my website, go to the events page. And if you want to enroll in the full yoga anatomy blueprint learning program and have access to all of what I just shared, the monthly workshop series and the course, you'll also get access to what really makes the program most effective, which is the coaching calls, anytime email support, and the anatomy manual and the practice portal, which has dozens of yoga sequences. So you can decide, you can get access to the full program and I'll offer you a 50% discount as incentive to join that. Or you can just enroll in the membership, which gives you access to just the course and the monthly workshops for basically 60 bucks a month. And you'll always have access to the course as long as you're a member. So you could even just do it for the summer if you just wanted to dip your toe in the water. So that is the deal there. That's coming up this week. And then, I'm sorry, next week. And then of course, I'm always hosting online yoga classes. They're always free. They're just 30 minutes. So go to the website, go to the virtual classes page and come to class. So sorry about that. So today what I wanted to do is give you an intro to today's episode. And today's episode is really, I'm just so uh, inspired by how this came to be. Uh, one of the new teachers who enrolled in my program has been just having so many light bulbs go off as we've been working together. And I always am looking for chances to share with you teachers' experiences in learning and growing and transforming. Because I know for me as a teacher, hearing stories like that is what has motivated me to continue on my path, to continue to have faith that things could happen for me. And so when I do coaching calls with teachers in my program and I see the light bulbs going off, the learning happening, I really truly am inspired to share that with you. And so today you're going to meet Francisca Ruff and Francisca is coming to us from uh, Germany. And she recently enrolled in my program. And while I typically interview uh, teachers oftentimes when they graduate from the program, she's having so many breakthroughs. I really wanted to share her story now. And in having my conversation with her, 
she not only went into the teaching aspect, she also shared her approach to the program itself in terms of getting it done and, and going through the content. And this is important because I know for a lot of teachers out there, whether it's my program or someone else's program or just learning in general, there's sometimes that challenge of how am I gonna fit the time in? I don't have the time. I can't figure out how to make the time. And one of the really interesting things that Francisca does is she shares with us how she carved out her day so that she has time to devote to her personal growth and learning. And so we're going to go into all of that in this week's episode. You're going to get to meet her, hear a little bit about her story, and hear about her current journey on a path to learning anatomy as a way to be a more confident, effective yoga teacher. So with that, I'm going to bring you into this episode where you will meet her, you will hear her story, and I am so grateful uh, to her for sharing it with you. So let's go to that interview and you will hear it right now. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I'm so glad we have a chance to do this. Um, I really was inspired by our last conversation and thought, oh, this would be so great to share on the podcast because you're just kind of moving so fast by leaps and bounds that I wanted to kind of capture the feeling and the experience. Um, in the moment. So I didn't want to wait, which is, which is really nice. well, thank you for the invitation. Of course. Really nice. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you could do it. So I think what would be great is, you know, and just to kind of set the stage to give people an idea of how you got where you are right now in terms of you're enrolled in my program it's focused on anatomy. How did we end up here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, got it, yeah. Um, should I start like right away? How do, yeah, how do I how yeah. Um, well, um, well, I came to yoga a little bit backwards. I had the feeling it's been a little bit backwards because um, first uh, I took a um, movement training uh, was a 50-hour training with uh, Budokan Academy, is called. Oh, I know that, yes. You know them? Oh, yes. they're so great, yes. yes. So I did that, 50 hours, and I loved it. And um, Just tell then, people a little bit about, I know of it from here in Boston, there, there are a couple of teachers. So before COVID, I had taken some classes from some teachers who were trained in Budokan. Just explain to people what it is. Well, Budokan is like, um, it's a mixed uh, system, which is um, uh, based in yoga, um, mixed martial arts yeah. and uh, movement. And um, like these three um, pillars are related to each other, which is what makes them so great. You can use them, um, uh, all the movements are in the three pillars. Right. So um, what you do in yoga, can you apply it to martial arts and to movement as well? And the other 
um, all the way around. Yeah. Got it. And the classes, I remember there were some movements that were kind of like you're crawling on the floor and kind of animal based. Yeah, exactly. They have uh, this uh, part of this uh, movement training. It's uh, about uh, animal locomotion. Yes. And it's, I love it. It's wonderful. You, you, it's like all about the, um, uh, the function of your body and how you go back to your animal yes. roots, so to say. Yes. And, uh, it's really, you, you move your whole body, all your muscles are functioning there. And, um, so it's really rediscovering that in your own body. Yeah. Now, when you did this training, did you do it in person? No, no, I did in, uh, I did it in, um, online. Okay. The only reason I ask is because when I took the classes, it was before COVID and I took them in person. And when we did some of the animal movements, it was so crazy to be in a studio and the teacher had us all line up on the one side of the room and we were crawling to the other <laughs> side, and then we were crawling back and it was really crazy to see. It was so different from any yoga class I'd ever taken or really any fitness class I'd ever mm -hmm. taken. But it's interesting because neurologically crawling is something we don't do anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's something yeah. we use to learn locomotion, but then we don't do it. So we do sort of lose some of the skill around being able to move. Like if you're on your hands and knees, move your right hand forward and your left knee, then move your left hand forward and your right. Yeah, knee. Exactly. This collateral movement. Yes. <laughs> Which we knew as, as babies or not babies, yeah, toddlers. Exactly. And yeah. now to do it. So they actually say it's really good brain training to yeah. do. It. So that's awesome. So when you took that training, did you think you wanted to go into teaching that type of movement? No, not really. I was just doing it for myself. Okay. And uh, so it was a six month uh, teacher training and I finished that and I loved it. And um, I really wanted to keep um, learning with them. So I saw they had like this yoga, uh, also teacher training. Now, just also tell people, cause I haven't, maybe I'll say it when I record the intro for this episode, mm -hmm. um, you're living in Germany. Exactly, yeah, I'm living yeah. in are Germany. You, yeah. Are you originally from Germany? No, I'm from Chile, I'm from South America. Okay, so, so you're I from South America, you lived, you're living in Germany and so this um and this training you did online so that kind of you can do it anywhere type of thing yeah exactly. okay got it okay so go ahead <laughs> so so they offered at that time they were offering um a half scholarship for the yoga teacher training and uh so I applied to it I I won it and um my previous experience with yoga was very little. I did some courses here and there. Um, I it didn't quite like I didn't it didn't hook me so much, but I really wanted to do it to do it with them because um, I really like their approach. So that's how I got to yoga. <laughs> okay. And I took this teacher training also not thinking about teaching. It was just out of curiosity and to right. keep learning with them. Right. And um, right now I, I'm at the end of the training. I'm, uh, I have to submit my exam. And the thing is that during the journey, 
I kind of started having this idea of, oh, maybe I really want to <laughs> want to teach this. <laughs> I find it so great. <laughs> and um, so slowly kind of thinking about it. And, um, and well, the thing is that uh, this is only a 50 hour teacher training. And what I didn't realize is that this training is actually for, um, for people who are already teachers who already have like 200 hour foundation. Yeah. <clears throat> and I started noticing that with the anatomy part. Um, so slowly I felt that I didn't have had this space. And um, some of the cues, for example, is, I don't know, um, engage your back line or engage your front line. And um, at some point I was wondering, okay, what's in the back line? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, like a line attached yeah, exactly. to the back of your head, like a puppet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Besides the spine and the trapezius, that, that was everything I knew about it. And um, so Which is that's a great example because think about how many teachers probably say that and their students are probably thinking, I have no idea what that means. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, it really does kind of put you in the shoes of the student in terms of experiencing something you hear. And that's so much of what is interesting to talk about. Like, how can I say something in a way that the person can just digest it and do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think as a, as a cue is great um, because it's very simple. But uh, as a teacher, I feel like, um, like, to communicate something that I, I don't self understand. Right. I, I find it, I, I, I don't know, it put me in a very um, unsecure position and I did yeah. it like, yeah. Uh, that from one side and on the other side, I felt slowly that, that, that all these cues were, um, were feeling, a, feeling a little bit like a choreography yeah. Like, um, you know, like saying uh, steps for, for a dance. Right. And um, it felt a little bit like, um, uh, I don't know, it felt like, like a foundation there. Um, so that's how, um, well, I, I started looking in internet. <laughs> that was my first uh, <laughs> um, research. Uh, and it was very, it was extremely time consuming um, to you, get- So you were looking up kind of trying to find answers to questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that can really that? send you down a rabbit hole of information. It's, yeah, it's crazy because there's so much information, so much misinformation, and I didn't know which, which were the right sources. And um, as I say, it was too um, uh, time consuming. So then I jumped into books. So I bought some books and then there it was the right information, but it was too much information. It was overwhelming with information. I didn't know where to start. I didn't, I, I think I read through them and, but didn't really stuck anything. I didn't stay yeah. anything. In, it was just, you know, out. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's when I started looking for, um, an online course. Um, I think I remember started like stalking other yoga teachers <laughs> and seeing that many of the teachers who had done a 200 hour course 
also did an extra course in anatomy, oh, right, which I right. find interesting. Right. Um, because at that point I was thinking, okay, I'll just do the 200 hour course and then I got the, get the anatomy. Um, but then, yeah, I was, I mean, why other teachers go farther with the anatomy? Was it not enough? Uh, so I was a little bit un, unsure uh, about that then. Um, now, I haven't taken the 200 hour course. I can understand now maybe why they take an extra course because it's, um, I mean, it's a lot of information. Yeah. In the 200 hour. <laughs> in the 200 hours. Yeah. I mean, so that... you're in that now? No, not yet. Oh, like, you're not in that now. Okay, no, yes. No. Yes, it is a lot of information in the 200 hours and anatomy is a piece of it. Exactly, yeah. So I can imagine it's, uh, it's a lot to digest like um, the physical aspect and also the anatomy on top of that. Um, so at the end, I decided to, um, to just take the anatomy part apart, taking your course, and then farther down the line, do that 200 hour course. Got it. Now, didn't, do I remember that you also took Natanya's arm balancing course? Yeah, also, that's how okay. I found you. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah, so then, so you had the Budokan and Natanya's arm balancing program, my program, and then did you say there was another one? Oh no, that's enough. That, that, was, was, okay. that's that enough. was when you were, I think, checking out the 200 hours, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think that your instinct is right. I mean, it sounds like you have some actual information from people who've taken supplemental anatomy trainings after their 200 hour. And it, it really is a reflection, I think, less on the teachers and more on the programs that everybody's program that's a 200 hour is, is technically supposed to cover certain subjects that Yoga Alliance says should be part of a program. Mm -hmm. But how they get at presenting each section really differs from studio to studio, from program to program, online program or in-person or whatever. And it really boils down to who's teaching the anatomy and how are they presenting it. And, you know, similar to your experience where you found me through someone else or enrolled in my program, I have other teachers who found me on Instagram or whatever the, the referral source might be. Um, I've heard all these different stories. You know, some people will say, you know, the anatomy that we got was taught by someone who really didn't know anatomy. However, they were covering it as part of the program. Some people have good experiences. And like you said, do want to go into diving into it a little bit further. Um, and then other people just didn't have a great experience. And it's sort of, I think what's interesting, and I'd love to hear from you what you think about this. I think it's sort of even though you didn't have really a negative experience in the 200 hour because you haven't done that yet. Would you say, and I've heard this from other teachers, that if they do have a negative experience, it sort of reinforces their perception that they can't learn it? Oh, yeah, I can believe that. I mean, um, to be honest, that was my perception <laughs> before taking your program. Um, Where did that come from, though, do you think? Um, I mean, just kind of objectively, did you think, oh, well, that must be a hard subject to learn, or did you have some prior experience? I mean, certainly you've taken movement trainings. Where do you think that came um, from? Well, I think um, I cannot, my only experience was just in this phase of 
looking for information and getting the books and trying to oh, learn right. the books. It was, um, you know, all these words and trying to understand them in my body. Um, I think that was enough <laughs> to say, yeah. I don't want to do anything with it. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I still, I, I really, since I felt uh, that something was missing, I really want to go forward with this. So I, I said, okay, I'll just, you know, do it. <laughs> yeah. Now <laughs> that, that's something I would love to hear more about because this is always so fascinating to me when I, especially when I talk to teachers in the program, like with you, when we do coaching calls, inevitably things will come up about sort of what's behind the scenes in the teacher's mind and how they kind of approach things. Like even if I talk to a teacher in the program, like a month into it, and a lot of the enthusiasm they had when they originally enrolled has sort of gone mm -hmm. away and they're sort of starting to feel like they're behind and we'll get on that second coaching call and they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't done more. I feel like I'm behind. And all of a sudden there's this perception that there was this time frame, and they're not meeting it. And now all of a sudden this thing they were so excited about is pressure filled. And mm -hmm. so I'll talk through that with them and we'll sort of peel that away and get back to, well, what could make this feel like less pressure? And they oftentimes aren't really aware in their languaging that this is how they're feeling. It's just their language is to me kind of a sign that there's something behind it. So when you describe the experience you had of Googling for anatomy information, and then you were like, that's not going to work. And then you bought books, which makes total sense. And then going through the books and you're right, the words are not easy to understand. And it's so much information at that point. I don't know if it's fair to say many teachers, but, but there definitely would be teachers who would say, I'm done. Like I'm done trying to learn this. This is too hard. I've tried these two avenues and they didn't work. What is it about you that made you look for a different way? It's kind of like you went to door number one, it was locked. You went to door number two, it was locked. And then you were like, I bet there's another way around this. Like, is that a quality that you think you have in other areas of your life where you're kind of determined and and you don't get swayed if you don't get the result you want you're able to kind of coach yourself into continuing forward yeah i think so too i mean i think there are like many factors um from one side um first i i was really i don't think if i have taken this program um i would have the maybe the confidence to um to teach I, I was because feeling that I don't know these basic things. I, I just, um, and that's maybe part of my personality that this feeling, this um, uneasiness of yeah. not knowing. Sure. So that's why maybe I was like opening, trying to open in different doors. Um, <laughs> and I think in terms of uh, following through, um, well, there's this thing about motivation, which I try not to rely so much because it's something that comes and goes. I mean, mm. it's uh, you had a good day and then you are motivated to study and you have a bad day and then you don't see anything. Right. You just don't want right. to do it. So I think that where um, self-discipline comes in. And um, 
And that's something, I think that's a skill that, uh, that you really have to cultivate. Um, I, I didn't grow up with it. I really um, like learn it. Mm. And for me, what works for me is um, I really like to, uh, like to chunk things mm -hmm. um, in the sense that, um, for example, your program is very well um, structured and the videos are like 20, 30 minutes max. So I, I, I um, thought, okay, 30 minutes, I can, uh, every day I can have like 30 minutes for this mm -hmm. and then just really stuck to that. Mm -hmm. And if uh, some days, um, I don't know, I have to go back to the material or um, the learning takes a little more, I think there, that's where it comes a little bit of flexibility, mm -hmm. but still trying to keep on track on what I um, organize uh, the first place. So I don't know if I'm... Um, yeah, I'm no, that's great. I mean, I think that's so helpful, you know, not just for me to get a sense of what's going on in your head, but I think for someone listening who is trying to get anything done, there's so much of what you said there that can be applied to any project or any goal. Yeah, totally, you know, totally. You know, it's kind of, a, it sounds like a blend of self-discipline and also the technique of chunking things out. Hmm. And those two things definitely apply to, you know, how you're going to meet a goal. Although so many times people will look at the end game and get so overwhelmed, they don't chunk things out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it's too, as you say, it's too overwhelming and you, you really get paralyzed because right. you don't know where to start. I mean, it's right. too big. So, okay. What's the, like the minimum thing I can do today. Right. Just doing that, it feels so great. Right. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I can totally see that. I think a lot of what you're saying too, that you're not literally saying, but I can relate to, and I'm hearing kind of the subtext is even if you do a little bit, it's the showing up consistently that builds the momentum. And I totally agree with that. And in the example I shared, when I talk to teachers, if they are feeling a little discouraged, it oftentimes is because they set a goal of sitting down for three hours, four times a week or, or every Saturday and Sunday all day. And thinking that if it can't be approached in that way, it's something less than that is not good. And it sounds like your experience is even if it's 30 minutes a day that you devote to the program. And again, you could use this mindset for any goal. 15 yeah, totally. minutes a day, yeah. devote to your goal development, you build the momentum. And then, like you said, you feel so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's when... Um you really have to maybe a little bit understand your own way of, uh, of in this case, of studying and uh, how much concentration and uh, um, attention you can give to this every day. For me, it's 30 minutes. More than that, I'm, yeah. I, yeah. I cannot digest the information. Mm -hmm. so, I think that's a good, yeah, that's a good time frame. And you're right. I mean, it's, it's new information. And even if you're going back and relearning something that you saw for the first time, like the week prior, there's still a learning process happening. If it's more than 30 minutes, sometimes it's easy to get tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So tell, I can tell from, you know, well, number one, I can totally tell that you are in a rhythm of 
going through the information because you're emailing with questions that are so good. <laughs> and I love that because it really shows that you're committed to going through the program and completing it. And so I'm curious for, for me and even for people listening, as you're learning the anatomy uh, fundamentals, because you have movement experience from the trainings you've taken and being a yoga practitioner, how are things connecting for you? Are you having any like aha moments or are things becoming clearer as you sort of work backwards from, well, I, I know how to do the movement. I know how to do, you know, the yoga poses. And now I'm sort of going backwards and breaking them down into their parts, the joint movements and the muscles that are involved in creating those movements. How has that been for you, that experience of sort of reverse engineering what you know back to its roots of what it's made of? Um, well, it has been, um, it has been great in the sense that um, I feel like I'm getting to a deeper layer of understanding um, and understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the in case of yoga or even in movement, why I'm in this position in the first place, why I'm, I don't know, flexing my arm or in a squat. Mm -hmm. And just to, it gives another um, another depth, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and, and also here in the case of yoga for me has been also um, maybe a deeper appreciation of the practice. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just we're just not moving and doing figures. Uh, there's also like this very physical practice that of course there's our anatomy. <laughs> um interwined um i don't know it's it's a, a little bit um i was thinking about uh, how to explain it but it's sometimes like when you know you um you're feeling something and then you name it mm -hmm. and so it uh, takes another dimension it's right. like more um you can almost feel it right uh, or has some more material in that sense right and uh, that's what a little bit uh, what what I feel about knowing anatomy. It's like okay, now I know that my quads are engaging. Now I can yeah. feel them and I can name them. And uh, you I know, know where they are. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so knowing that now what you know now and adding that as the extra layer as you describe, and that's a great metaphor for it what then becomes possible for you that wasn't possible before? Either um, as a practitioner or as someone who is thinking I might wanna teach and, and be the facilitator of movement in other people. What becomes possible for you because you didn't have this information before, now you do. So you have this deeper layer. Mm what do you think like in your way of being and in a skill set 
point of view. Mm-hmm. Like what sort of things are you able to do? It's kind of like if I hand you a hammer, but I don't teach you how to use it, but then I give you a nail and show you how to use the hammer. Now, all of a sudden you're like, Hmm, I could build a bench. I could build mm-hmm. a shed. I could build a house, you know? So kind of using that metaphor, what becomes possible in your mind mm-hmm. that maybe. Well, I think with those, um, once you have these tools, I think you can start playing with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if you know that certain poses um, engage certain muscles, then you can, like in your program, you can create a sequence just yeah. about the topics of these muscles. Yeah. Um, so I think it gives you much more liberty, much more freedom to, um, to find maybe your own expression yeah. um, in, the, in the yoga practice. Yeah. Because if you stay with the cueing, you just first are not your cues or someone else's cues that you took them. Um, and you just have to stick with that. But right. you don't know the, this deeper layer, layer of anatomy. Right. So, um, right. And so how, I mean, the way that you describe that, I, I forget the exact phrase you used, but when you were saying it a second ago, the word that came to me was authentic. You know, when I think of teaching in an authentic way or being authentic in a conversation with someone, to me, that feels like I'm really myself mm-hmm. versus if I'm pretending to be somebody else, it doesn't feel authentic. Um, does that sound like what you're describing? That word? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think um, uh at the, at the beginning of uh, taking this uh, taking this yoga training, uh, I heard a lot about uh, you know teachers finding their voice. I, I didn't quite understood that. <laughs> and I think yeah, exactly. Like which voice? Where is the voice? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think uh, yeah, totally. That it, I think anatomy is part of that. Um, yes. Because if you don't get that, I don't know how you can. Um, yeah find your own uh ways of communicating that yeah own way in your own personal way yeah yeah and i mean of course when you look at teaching yoga or teaching movement in any other discipline anatomy is like i always think of it as the fundamental piece because it's the component of movement it's the most closely tied to movement so even if you add on other things like speaking to mind body and spirit or speaking in um in ways that help people connect to how they feel in their body which you can sort of say is anatomical but maybe it's more on the somatic or nervous system level all of those things or in yoga of course spirituality and maybe sharing personal stories that you can relate to spiritual themes That doesn't have anything to do literally with anatomy. Mm -hmm. However, I always think of the anatomy piece as the fundamental baseline that we all need to have. And then from there, if if my authentic way of teaching was I really wanted to share fundamentals of yoga philosophy, I would start with that. Mm -hmm. I believe I would start with the foundation of understanding the movement, which lives in the anatomy. And then I would layer on maybe different things. So I totally agree with you that if you don't have that fundamental baseline, you're really just left with repeating things. And that's yeah, exactly. yeah, a yeah. big part of, of what I oftentimes say. And it, 
it does feel sort of empty and kind of, as you said, like you kind of have that funny feeling in your stomach. Like I'm not, I'm saying this, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This. And I think um, also from, from the point of view of, um, of helping the students, um, <clears throat> to help them with the alignment. And uh, if you only know the cues, I, I, don't, I don't know how you can help them. Right, um, right. You're kind of boxed in to just one approach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, I'm curious how, you know, now that you're kind of diving more into anatomy and starting to connect all these dots, when you take classes, do you hear and process cues differently now? Yeah, definitely. I think I see um, classes in a whole different way. <laughs> yeah, tell me more about that. What is? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm definitely more um, uh, focused on what the teacher is saying. If I understand them, sometimes I find that they are like very um, not very specific cues, um, and realize also how important is the language. I mean, the words that you use. I mean, um, you really have to say the right word so the the student really understands that. So not like this. Um, how do you say general yeah. concept? Um, mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's what happens to me a little bit, mm -hmm. that a lot of teachers speak like generally and, uh, I'm staying there and I don't know exactly what to do. Um, right. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that can sometimes come from maybe the person doesn't really know the why mm -hmm. they're asking the person to do what they're suggesting. So they kind of stay in that general zone. It's like, it's okay to stay here. I can't really get more specific because I'm not really sure what the details of this are. I'm not really sure what this movement is that I'm trying to have you do. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's interesting to hear your experience now as a student, when you hear a cue like that, it sort of lands on the body, but there's like a little confusion about, well, what exactly do you want me to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of um, back years ago when we would do training for how to assist students, which has really taken a different format now because assisting students has really taken on a very different um, tone since so much has become more commonly in people's minds about just having agency over your own body and not having people touch you without permission. However, years ago, um, there wasn't any of that conversation in the world, let alone in the yoga community. And so it was always just assumed you could assist people. And I remember when we would do assisting training, we would talk about always have a clear intention when you walk up to the student to assist them. Mm -hmm. Because if there's any hesitation and you and the student sees your feet or like imagine they're in down dog and they see your feet approaching, of course, they're going to expect there's going to be some kind of assist coming because I see this person mm -hmm. is approaching me. But if there's any hesitation on your part as the teacher, there's that awkward moment where you're close enough 
in their personal space where they are expecting an assist, but you're in your head like, I'm not sure where to put my hands because I'm not really sure what I wanna communicate with this assist. So there's that feeling on the part of the student oftentimes of like confusion, like what is going to be happening? <laughs> Which is why we would always say to people, you have to know exactly what your assist is going to be like long before you get into their personal space, because once you're in their personal space, you have to do it and move on. Because yeah. if there is that pregnant pause, there will be such an awkward feeling. And now the student is out of their practice, they're in their head, you know, they're sort of like, why is this person hovering around my body and waiting for the hands to touch them? So I think of that in the similar vein of what you're saying when the cue is said, and it's sort of like, in the air and that cartoon bubble it's like hanging over the student <laughs> yeah. and the student is like down there like i see the words but i have no idea no idea how to translate them yeah what yeah. you want me to do yeah. and so i think the example you gave before of like engage the back line i sort of and that can be a great cue maybe if it has a little precursor like what a great opportunity to teach people about myofascial lines and what fascia mm -hmm. is and you know that muscles work as a system not only in the whole body but we can look at one posterior system of muscles or anterior system of muscles so you could theme a whole class around that and then say that cue 20 minutes in and people would be like I totally get what this means, mm -hmm. but just to kind of throw that out there as a lob, you know, now it's like in the cartoon bubble and, <laughs> and, the students and they're like, that line, wow, I don't know what that is, you know, and now they're up in their head, just like that student in Down Dog and your hands are hovering. Yeah, exactly. And you're in your head too. And see, mm -hmm. that's always the interesting dynamic. It's not in these scenarios, it's not just the student, it's often the teacher. So now, mm -hmm if we kind of go really woo woo and we think of like the energy lines, now the energy lines are broken because you're in your head as a teacher, they're in their head as a student. There's no more free flow of energy. Mm, yeah, you know, sometimes there are classes where there is that free flow and there's that feeling when you're done and they're in Shavasana and you can't really describe it. It's similar to what you talked about before when you are starting to connect the dots and learning something. And it's like, you can name the feeling and you truly feel it too. So there's that congruency there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I've had those experience where, experiences where I teach and the energy flow is so, there's such strong connection. I couldn't really describe it to another person, but I absolutely know as I sit there and they're in Shavasana, I was really truly connecting with them. So there wasn't that cartoon bubble scenario really ever in this class. And that's, <clears throat> I think, where a lot of the joy comes from in teaching is feeling that on a more consistent level than not. Mm. So would having said that, let's kind of go a little bit into your future self. So kind of imagine yourself, you know, at some point in the near future. I mean, I don't know what else you have going on in your life. If you have a full-time job, if you have other things you kind of focus on in your life, where do you sort of see things going from here for you? Um, well, I'm, um, I'm a graphic designer. So all this uh, yoga and movement has been my, uh, it started like a side hobby. <laughs> and, <laughs> 
And at some point that hobby started taking a more principal place in my life. So now I'm trying to push graphic design as my hobby. So kind of make a, a, sweep, uh, yeah, a switch here. Um, so ideally, um, uh, I will really, I, I would like to, I will finish the anatomy training with you and uh, finish this uh, Budokan training. And then, um, and then I would like to do the 200 hour training. Yeah, which is totally fine. I mean, you'll be so ahead of things mm. and you'll have the breathing room mm. versus yeah, exactly. everything for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the good about, um, taking this uh, anatomy training of yours uh, separate of the 200 hours that I really can, as I said, like digest and take my time to understand and put these dots together. Otherwise it's, uh, for me, it's a little bit uh, too much in 200 hours. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as you said, I think I would like to take that 200 hours and then, um, yeah, and then start teaching. <laughs> Amazing. That is so great. Yeah. So let's just do one more thing. And this is, again, just sort of feeding that future self persona. Um, what do you, like, if you were to see yourself teaching, you've gone through my program, you finished that, you've done your 200 hours, you've finished that. What does that look like? Do you have any sense of what that looks like? Are you teaching in person in Germany there? Are you teaching online? What do you kind of see in your mind as you start to? Um, I think definitely in person. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think uh, the online part, I like it, but just as a graphic designer. <laughs> and, um, and where exactly? Well, that's... Um, like you don't have to get specific to like the literal studio. I think the teaching in person is a good place to start. Um, do you see like a studio environment? Do you see another kind of environment? Like sometimes people have really strong feelings like they don't want to teach in a studio. They really would prefer to teach one-on-one -on -one or mm -hmm. they want to teach children or they have a very specific niche market that they want to share yoga with that's tied to some personal experience they have is there anything that sort of comes to you as you think about how you want to share this yeah definitely um i think i really like to um also on the side i do brazilian jiu-jitsu and that's why it fits so well with the budokan practice yep and uh i really that's really a niche so that i really would like to um um to get into with yoga and with movement. And um, yeah, I think that I would like that. And also maybe giving workshops. I, mm -hmm. I like the workshop format. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be the two things that I can visualize myself doing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I have a teacher who recently enrolled around the same time you did. And she actually does primarily workshops. So not even, she lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and she doesn't really do a lot of classes per se. She mm -hmm. has more of like a monthly workshop schedule where a couple times a month, she'll do more of like a deeper dive, like a two hour class format, but it's more of a workshop format sort of set up like a regular class. And she has a regular group of women, primarily she said, who, who have 
developed a relationship with her and who come. So she kind of can do more of the workshop format, which, you know, she has a topic and a theme and sequencing and she can bring extra things in like a deeper meditation at the end. So she has different props for meditation. So do you sort of see something like that being? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, I think what I like about that format is that you um, can uh, dive a little bit deeper and um, more than maybe like in a class. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I mean, a class you can also do it if you have like a regular uh, students coming in. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's just different. Got it. It's something I have to try out first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, I think obviously the sky's the limit. Sometimes it's nice to sort of daydream a little bit and kind of get a little more into, well, how do I want to apply this as a way to guide what you're doing? Like if that's sort of what resonates with you now, it can really help you in picking a 200 hour versus if you kind of didn't have an idea um, that that might lead you in a different path. So, you know, you sort of have a sense of where you want to go. And, you know, now that will help you in looking for teacher trainings that maybe are geared towards helping people get to that point type mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Or maybe, especially since you have that jujitsu background, maybe there are some teacher trainings that have someone with that background as well. So that might be, I'm actually thinking um, one of the early, uh, not early, but within this past calendar year, I did a podcast with a woman who I wanna say lives in Germany, Lauren, and she has a jujitsu and yoga studio. I'll send you the link to that episode. Definitely. She's also, yeah, she's also um, really active on Instagram. And her and her husband own a studio. Now that I'm thinking, I, I believe it is in Germany. And they teach children, martial arts to children as a way of like self-empowerment. And she has a lot, she had a lot of really interesting stories on that episode about kids that were being bullied in school and how they really became more self-empowered. And she teaches uh, yoga in that studio as well. So I know there are definitely studios where they have both disciplines. Yeah, like the crisscross. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that might be interesting for you because yeah. you could probably even teach Budokan classes and yoga classes in that kind of environment. And that might give you a chance to, or even yoga classes where there's a blend. Yeah, in, exactly. In yeah. From both yeah, absolutely. So... Oh, God. Well, Francisca, thank you so much. This was so great to hear kind of the behind the scenes. And I think there are just so many um, things that you shared that will, at least I hope, will help yoga teachers who are listening, who are feeling kind of like you did before, where they're maybe a little overwhelmed uh, in Googling for answers and buying the books. And I love how you talked about chunking things out. I think there's just so much there for people to take away and, and be inspired by. And I love that you're in the program and I <laughs> love seeing all the questions. It just shows that the wheels are turning and it's just really, really wonderful to see. 
So thank you so much. Oh, this you. will go live a week from yesterday. So Monday, I always put okay. it on a Monday. Okay, nice. So you'll be out there on the airways telling your story. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, of course, of course. And I'll send you the link and I'm sure we'll chat before then uh, as well. So, all right, well, we'll sign off for now. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. Bye-bye, thank you. Bye. Hi there. Well, you made it to the end of the episode and now you're listening to the outro, which is amazing. Thank you so much for staying all the way until the end. So I want to just let you know that I just the other day put on my website on the events page, a really cool and short, it's like 20 minutes recorded workshop that I've done and it covers how the topic of how to provide effective cues. And this is something that I get asked about all the time. So I wanted to do a special recorded webinar workshop that you could listen to, you can watch because it is uh, an actual visual workshop as if you were there with me in the studio, uh, or you could just listen to it. I think it's gonna be better if you actually watch it. So how you get to this is super easy. You just go to my website, which is barebonesyoga.com. And on the events page, you're going to see the schedule for the events I'm holding on any particular month. And right on that page, you'll see a link to watch the automated webinar. And I like to call them workshops because in the teacher world, yoga teacher world, that's what we call these deep dives we do into different topics. And this one is no different. So just hop over there, barebonesyoga.com, go to the events page. You can watch this uh, webinar that I recently recorded. Here we are in the middle of 2022, and it's got some really cool ideas and strategies that you can use to really build your confidence in your queuing. So once you watch that, if you have any questions, of course, just reach out to me and let me know. And I'm happy to hop on a call with you and answer whatever questions you might have. Namaste.